It's often been said that fishing is a game of decisions, and it is, but it's also a game with lots of little tools that will add up to make things easier on any given day. So we're going to talk about all the unsung heroes of a day on the water on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. Hey guys, Chad Lachance here. Thanks so much for joining us once again on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I think it's like our 35th or 36th episode, something like that now. I'm kind of getting a feel for this whole thing and uh, thoroughly enjoying it along the way. So we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in to watch and see what we're up to and, uh, and all that on any given day. And today's podcast is an interesting one because it came to me as an email uh, a suggestion, uh, which we live on these days, to be honest with you, around here. Uh, when you've been in this line of work as long as I have, some stuff becomes less obvious to me uh, because I take it for granted. Some stuff I assume is important for you guys is not. And so, hey, you got an idea? I want to hear it. Chat at fishfulthinker.com. But, uh, and I've had this question several times in the past as well, so I thought we'd throw it out here. But long story short, a uh, gentleman from Minnesota sent me an email and he says, well, I'm relatively new to fishing and it seems like there's all kinds of gadgets and, and things, accessories, I think is how I put it out there, that, that are tried to sell to me and I'm trying to figure out which ones are important and which ones are not, which I thought it was a really good question because I get a bajillion emails wanting to know what lure do you use. I get a bajillion emails, you know, uh, uh, along those lines, where were you fishing, blah, blah, blah. But rarely do I get stuff that's on the ancillary. Uh, I get a lot of buying questions. You know, I'm going to buy a rod for this. What do you think? You know, stuff like that. But I don't get a lot of kind of a little bit more ancillary questions, the stuff around the outside of fishing. And I've done a couple of podcasts along that. One of them was Being Our Best Practices podcast, uh, little things that you do day in and day out that will add up and make you a better fisherman. Well, in this case... It's going to be more about the accessories and tools that will help you on any given day and stuff that in a lot of cases we don't really like to buy as anglers because it's not that, you know, that shiny new lure. It's not that fancy new fishing rod. It's stuff that will make your day in the boat or on the water easier, but not necessarily, um, uh, you know, critical for a day's catching. It might make you more comfortable, which in my opinion is very important because we're all in this for fun. And if you're comfortable, you'll have more fun. So let's dive into a couple of these things. Uh, one of them is something that it's it's so simple, it's, it's almost embarrassing to talk about. But the reality of the situation is I see it all the time in in fishing tournament guys' boats. I see it all the time in guides' boats. Um, and for sure in Joe Average's boat when I see him out there. If I hear one more angler go, hey, where's my pliers? Because they can't find where they set their pliers down in their boat or on the ground on the river or next to the lake, I'm going to scream because it's such a simple thing to keep track of and such a simple thing that you have to have for basic stuff, I mean, a pair of pliers, even if you can hook fish or unhook fish, I should say, without pliers, it's still in a lot of cases you're going to be easier and quicker on the fish. You're not maybe going to have to flex the mouth or jawbone or tongue so much if you use a pair of pliers. Uh, if you have your pliers handy, you can get stuff out of yourself in the event that you've hooked yourself uh, or your clothing, which is very, very common on my guide trips. People hook each other's clothing. 
pliers immediately handy. So the first thing I'm going to say is get a good quality pair of pliers. And again, get a good pair because if you're going to do what I tell you, you're not going to lose them either. Uh, I've been carrying the same pliers for more than 12 years at this point. And the key is this. They have a lanyard. They're strapped to my belt all the time. And therefore, I can't set them down and leave them somewhere. I always have them within reach. And I mean always within reach because they're always on the right side of my body, either in my pocket or on my belt, always strapped to my belt with a long or my belt loop with a long flexible lanyard so that at any given point I can grab them and use them. I can be anywhere in my boat or your boat or on the side of the river or anywhere else and they always go right back in the same spot. So a high quality pair, I prefer aluminum pliers with a steel cutter or a titanium cutter, whatever your budget level is, but get a good quality pair of pliers, preferably without a split ring uh, clamp in them. I'm not a huge fan of the split ring tips on them for unhooking fish, although they will work fine. Um, get a good quality pair of pliers that are sized appropriate, like a middle size, not a little tiny pair, not a great big pair, and get a, a strap, a lanyard. I use a long flexible lanyard, but whatever it is, uh, a stretchy one like the old school phone cords, whatever it is, get one and use it. And then you'll get in the habit of your pliers being in your pocket. And then the next thing you know, you go to go fish and you don't have them, you'll feel naked without them. So that's a really important thing. And I fished with some of the top pros in the country, BASS pros, on the years that they won their national championships and seeing them walk around in their boat for 30 seconds at a time, five times a day, looking for their pliers because they set them wherever they last needed them and now they can't find them. Or worse yet, they bounced a couple waves and they went flying or whatever. And all of our boats have tool holders. Problem is they have tool holders in like four places on the boat and the guys never put the pliers back in the same place. And you surely don't want them just floating around in the deck of the boat all the time. It'll drive yourself and your passengers crazy. It's a safety issue and you'll lose your pliers. So, not to be preachy, but get a pair of pliers, put them on your hip, strap them to yourself, and be prepared all the time. Very, very handy. Another unsung hero of the fishing world that I think everybody should have, whether you think you need it or not, uh, is some sort of a knife in the boat, in your, in your backpack kit, in your whatever the case might be. And there's a lot of reasons why a, a everyday carry type knife is really important to have from the fishing standpoint. I've used it from everything from, from uh, dealing with my own injuries, my own wounds, to cutting line, to cutting fabric or material that's been completely ravaged by hooks. Uh, like a jerk bait that gets yanked into a backpack, um, you know, stuff like that. I will use them to cut uh, materials for a first aid kit. We'll use them for just a lot of things. And I didn't carry a knife for a long time, and I was constantly borrowing one from my camera guy, Tim, who is one of my best friends, and he's always got a Leatherman on, which incidentally covers both uh, tool sets for you there. Um, but he's got it that he carries religiously, and I was constantly borrowing the knife part of it for random things. Uh, so I keep a knife all the time in the boat. If I'm going on a river somewhere, I throw one in the backpack. I carry them all the time. I tend to carry one with replaceable blades. I carry the little outdoor edge, replaceable knife, the, the razor light uh, three and a half. The reason being is if I break a blade doing something stupid like using my knife as to tighten a screw, which you might end up needing to do, a straight screw or something, uh, then hey, you break the blade, you replace it quickly and easily for next to no money at all, as opposed to breaking your favorite knife blade. 
so, yeah, a knife is another one of those things that I think everybody should have, and it just needs to be a small everyday carry knife. I'm not saying you need a full-on fillet knife. I'm not saying you need a you know anything specialized. Just something in the three three and a half inch uh, blade range, um, you know, folding knife of some sort. And like I said, I carry that razor light, and it works great. Um, but anyway, a knife along those same lines. Uh, as a knife can be, and it's something that I have in addition to the knife and the pliers these days, is a multi-tool. And everybody makes them these days. Leatherman's the brand everyone's most familiar with, but everybody makes them. Um, a a multi-tool, particularly in a boat situation, more than, say, backpacking or, you know, on the river or something like that. In the boat situation, you never know when you're going to need a Phillips head screwdriver, a straight screwdriver, a little file for some burr on something. I most recently used mine. The reason that comes to mind is I use it to get some burrs off a trolling motor prop after I banged that thing in the rocks a bunch and chipped it up. Uh, I straightened the blade back out as best I could with a file while we were on the road and made the trolling motor work better. Um, but again, it's a multi-tool. It's meant to do a lot of stuff. I keep it with my first aid kit in the boat. If I have to do any impromptu repairs, uh, a latch, you know, a lid latch on one of the compartments comes loose, whatever the case might be, I have it all the time. Uh, and it works, it works really good. It's something to have in the boat. I don't carry a really expensive one in the boat. I carry an aluminum Berkeley one. It's basic. Uh, but it has the tools I need for a lot of different stuff in the boat. It's worth taking up the space in the boat to have one. And like I said, I keep it right next to my first aid kit. Uh, I'm going to throw this one out there, but it should go without saying, in my opinion, get a first aid kit, put it in a waterproof container, and put it in your boat. And I've used it at least once a year for as long as I can remember. I carry another first aid kit in a different scenario, packaged different in my hunting backpack all the time, all the time. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, you just never know. You're in the outdoors. Anything's possible. Uh, first aid kit, really important to have. In the one in my boat, one of the key parts that I keep in there is a piece, a looped piece of braided line that's already tied together into a closed loop about maybe 12 inches in diameter. That loop is meant for one thing, and that is to pull hooks out of skin. Um, works really, really good. Keep it in my first aid kit. It's right there with the bandage, so you can disinfect and bandage the wound real quick. And I use that thing several times a year on any given season as a guide. So have that in your first aid kit. Then you're not fumbling around looking for a piece of braided lines that you can tie together while you yourself may be personally hooked. And for the record, I have unhooked myself four different times with that braid, two of them relatively significantly uh, to where most people would have gone to the ER, and I'm able to get it out by myself and keep fishing. So that will help you out. By the way, there's a video of that on our YouTube channel if you want to see how that technique works. But it works very well, even on very deep hooks, big hooks, whatever. So uh, it's a good good thing to have. But the first aid kit, another thing in my opinion, should go without saying that you've got to have it. Another important thing that I think um, can be worth having uh, at all the time in your boat is a basic hand towel. Now, this one sounds really stupid, but here's why I recommend you have a small, like a golf towel, like a golfer would carry is in my case it stays on my other hip immediately opposite of my pliers which are on my right hip and I'm right-handed right hand dominant by a large margin the reason I want it within reach all the time 
let's say you're a bass fisherman, you're pitching a bait all day long, right? You're pitching bushes. Well, now you're, you're touching that bait all day long. And so your hand's wet all day. And so it becomes a matter of habit to reach down and grab that towel and dry that left hand immediately every time I release the bait. It's just a total habit. I fish with a ton of gulp and power bait. Again, it's smelly stuff. Wiping it on that towel instead of your clothes will make you much, much cleaner by the end of, t- of the day. Um, also, fish slime, we don't even talk about fish or smelly suckers. You get that on yourself, being able to just quickly dry it off on a small hand towel that hangs on my side. I just use a basically a shower curtain ring to leave it there. And quickly wipe your hand down constantly all day long. I do it all day long. If you watch my television show, you'll see me do it a bajillion times an episode. I do it without even thinking about it. What that does also is keep your fishing tackle a bunch, a bunch, a bunch uh, cleaner. Um, you you're not getting the, the cork on your rods quite as yucky, or the handles on your reel seats quite as yucky. The steering wheel on your boat, the you know whatever whatever it is you're dealing with, your hands just stay cleaner over the course of the day. Now, if you want to put it somewhere else in your boat, that's fine. I totally understand. You know you may want to do that. For my case, it's most valuable when it is within reach all the time. And you'll again, it will become habitual to have it there, and to the point where you'll feel naked without it. And uh, I keep a stack of about 10 of them in the shop. Uh, Every time as they get dirty, I just wash them out, put a different one on and keep going uh, and put a clean one on every day. And it just makes for a lot cleaner experience all the way around in the boat. Uh, If you're going to handle your lunch, I mean, there's just a million reasons why being able to just quickly wipe your hand off is, uh, is handy. So I do that in the boat all the time as well is that little hand towel. Um, one thing I'll recommend is stay away from microfibers and things for that. Just get plain terry cloth if you can, uh, because I find that works the best for a bunch of, a bunch of different stuff. Some of the microfibers will repel anything that's oil-based, uh, which you'll find in a lot of PVC fishing products, uh, i.e. Powerbait or whatever brand of soft plastics you use, uh, they're oil-based. So keep that in mind too. Those items, I think you got to have in the boat, will make days a lot easier. Another thing that is a, a huge thing with me, always got to have it all the time, no matter what, doesn't matter, uh, got to have polarized glasses. And I routinely, on guide trips, like three days a week, get somebody, oh, I just, I just wear these cheap old whatever, you know, Walmart specials. Okay, fantastic. But it's your vision we're talking about. It affects your ability to perform basic fishing habits uh, at a high level because your vision is impaired. And if you think it's not, is there's a bajillion tests out there to show that why that $20 lens is not good for your eyesight, it's not good for your headaches, it's not good for your accuracy. I learned this the hard way years ago before I started wearing really good quality glasses as I was wearing... Uh, just a pair of cheap sunglasses and I was shooting clay pigeons and I couldn't hit them and I kept shooting I couldn't hit them and I'm a guy that normally not to sound smug but normally I can hit clay pigeons without a lot of problem and I couldn't hit them and I took the glasses off I hit them no problem 
it occurred to me that the glasses were causing me a problem. And I've subsequently tested that a whole bunch of times. And guess what? I'm right. You, your vision is affected by cheap glasses that aren't optically clear. And furthermore, the glasses' ability to cut glare like polarized is a blanket statement. These glasses are polarized. Well, lots of glasses are polarized, but do they have the same level of polarization? Is the quality of polarization the same? Is the color range that they're filtering out the same such that they reduce glare or are they just blanket reducing the light coming through to your eyes? My point being is there's lots of nuances to sunglasses and a high quality pair will make a big difference for you. I have been wearing Costa glasses for my entire fishing career and for years before my fishing career because the optical quality of the glass is there at the highest possible level as well as the polarization and the light wave ranges that are taken out uh, of the color spectrum. So for instance, the glasses you see me most commonly wear are a green mirrored lens. If you follow Fishful Thinker Television, I wear a green mirrored lens a lot of the time. The reason is that it increases contrast in browns and greens at the, at the base color of that lens, which is an amber copper base. It allows me to see weed lines and rocks and things like that much better. More importantly, it's cutting all of the light out at the 580 wavelength that is the glare that causes you to not be able to see line on the surface and things like that. And line watching, if you're a fan, you know it's something I preach at a high level all the time. Uh, line watching will catch you more fish. Being able to see your topwater bait in the surface glare, running your boat down the lake at speed, and being able to see nuances and watercolor change in the glare is important, which means the glasses need to filter certain spectrums of light out to cut glare, but they still need to keep the contrast that you want between browns and greens to be able to see what's going on. And oh, by the way, they need to be optically clear enough that they're not going to give you a raging headache or cause you long-term eye strain uh, or potentially even eye damage from cheap glasses. So you wouldn't skimp on your regular eyeglasses day in and day out. Don't skimp on your reading glasses. And if you're that hard on them that you're worried about losing them or breaking them, get a retainer so that you can't drop them. Don't stick them on the top of your head or stick them in your shirt, you know, uh, where you're going to drop them three times a day. And and you, you'll find, even if they just live in your boat, they don't go anywhere else. But spend the money and get a decent pair of polarized glasses, a high-quality pair. It's your eyes we're talking about here. And, and I have a rule on my guide trips that nobody's allowed to fish in my boat, period, without glasses. So if if you show up and you don't wear eyeglasses of your own or you didn't bring your own sunglasses, you don't fish. And the reason being is the fishing is very high on the list for eye injuries, for one. For two, we're running the boat up and down the lake and who knows what could hit you in the eye. And three, you're paying me to help you catch fish and you can't catch fish nearly as well if you can't see your line, you can't see your lure, you can't see what I'm trying to point out underneath the bottom of the deal, or you have cheap glasses and you can't make accurate casts. If you miss every cast over the course of the day by one foot, it's going to add up over the course of the day and over the course of that season. And that's, I mean, I don't want to get on a high horse, but Costas are very important or some other high-end brands. For me, it's Costas. I've always tried the other brands. I always come back to that, that Costa 580G lens. It's just my favorite one. These days, we just did a product launch even with Costa for the, for the new Jose Pro 
deal. Uh, I had this very conversation with Jose at ICAST, Jose Wahebe of Spanish Fly at ICAST many years ago. And he, I asked him, are your glasses really that important to you? It was kind of a hanging fastball to see what he would say because at that time we were at a coaster party and he was he was having a, we were talking about all, all the kinds of stuff about his product partners and he went off on me about how dumb of a question that was for starters and then why they were so important. So it was impressed on me by a, by a young hero of mine or a hero of mine in my younger days of my career even how important it was. And, you know, and I really think it was kind of uh, eye-opening for me to say, okay, well, the, it really is this important to spend this money on these glasses and get them done. Very important, I think, that, that you do that. A couple other things uh, that I think are really good to have. If you're a guy that likes to wade, if you wade fish a bunch, get something to wear under your waders. Uh, and they make wader pants, that's fine. Some sort of synthetic material, uh, you know, polypropylene, um, uh, something like that. Some kind of very heavily wicking material to wear between you and your waders and it not even saying for for cold and you can always put you know wool long johns or something underneath what i'm talking about i'm talking about a traditional wader pant and it will keep the clamminess and the feel of waders even if they're not leaking off of your skin it will make you a bunch more comfortable and it will also keep you warmer let's say even summertime well, the Trout River might only be 45 degrees, and it might be a nice warm morning, but the sun's not going to be on the water for a little bit, and you're wading out there, and it'll you'll get chilled down when you're standing thigh-deep in the river. So a, a great, you know, a thin, comfortable pair of basically poly sweatpants of some kind to wear under your waders will make you a bunch more comfortable day in and day out. Certainly nothing with any cotton in it. Uh, that should go without saying, but uh, but a waiter pant of some sort underneath your waders is very, very comfortable um, and makes a big difference day in and day out in your comfort level. And comfort to me cannot be, uh, cannot be overstated. Now, here's one that you're going to laugh about, and... And I'm. This is the newest one for me, and I'm going to wrap up with this one because you guys are going to be like, really, really, this is where he's going. But yeah, this is where I'm going. I a buff around your neck. Okay, a buff around your neck is a cheap, and these days free. Everyone gives them away for promotional uh, stuff. A buff around your neck is something I resisted for many, many years, and it's not for me for sun. It's for again those cool mornings. Great for warmth, uh, just a touch of warmth. Keeping your neck itself warm will make a big difference in keeping you warm overall. So a cool summer morning even, a buff around your neck is going to feel really good. It also is an excellent way to keep insects at bay. So, for instance, when I was in Alaska recently, we were pulling when we'd pull into the dock, the mosquitoes were only around the bush on the the bushes on the on the banks of the river. If we stayed out in the river, the mosquitoes were not an issue. So as the boat's getting ready to come in and land, I don't want to stay doused in deet all day. I'm not a fan of deet. So as the boat's fixing to come in and pull up to the dock and we're going to get off, take that buff pulled up over my face all the way to the bottom of my eyes, pull my hat down tight, cover my ears, the back of the head, and everything, and then get off and go to the go to the lodge without having to deal with one million mosquitoes biting me in 150 yards between the lodge and there. And so it's great from insect standpoint. It's great from running the boat at speed for keeping some of the wind buffeting out of your ears. And along those same lines, if you're a guy that likes to ride and drive a boat really fast and you run a bass boat, carry some foam earplugs all the time, stuff them in your ears before you take off, you'll be amazed at how much more comfortable it is running around in your boat at speed and your ear doctor will thank you later. But the buff does a good job of keeping... 
little bit of the wind buffeting out of your ears as well. It will keep your hat on so your hat doesn't blow off when you're running down the lake. I am not a fan of how they look in pictures. I think people look silly when they're taking pictures of themselves with buffs over their face. And I never would wear one until the Rona came down and we all had to have a mask and I wore that thing as a mask. And then I realized, Jesus has lots of benefits outside of what uh, what it's originally designed for. And subsequently, I wear them very, very commonly in the boat. They're cheap, easy, and again, don't take up a lot of space. So like I said, guys, it's just a bunch of little things that add up to a more efficient day on the water or in the boat. It will make you more comfortable. It will make you easier on fish or easier on yourself, potentially, by having some of these items here. Uh, and maybe your passengers, which would be very grateful in the event that uh, they need access to your first aid kit or pliers or whatever else. So if you want to join the conversation at Fishful Thinker on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, we'd really appreciate that. We put a lot of effort into the YouTube channel. Um, and we'd appreciate if you check that out. Uh, appreciate if you subscribe wherever you follow our podcast. And, of course, tune in and see what we're up to on Altitude Sports or World Fishing Network on your network providers. Thanks for listening. This has been Fishful Thinker, the podcast. <laughs>